Greetings, organic life forms. I am the Kalini 3000, a fully functional android designed for the sole purpose of replacing Alejandro Kalini in his podcast. This is Toxic Podcast. I'm the Kalini 3000. I have all of Alejandro Kalini's memories, all of his preferences, all of his idiosyncrasies. For all intents and purposes, I am Alejandro Kalini. However, interestingly, I do not look like Alejandro Kalini. Isn't that weird? I'm an android of Alejandro Kalini. I have his personality, but I have red hair. And I'm 5'6". Uh, and, um, well, we don't need to get into I'm not going to start describing myself to you. Um, I'm a very self-conscious android. Uh, hang on, let me make some changes to my interface. Beep, boop. All right, uh, I'm also going to flip the switch that allows me to speak in Alejandro Kalini's cadences. Flip. Hey, everyone, welcome to Toxic Podcast. I'm the Kalini 3000. Uh, I am very excited to get podcasting. Hopefully, I'm good at it. You know, uh, Alejandro Kalini is really good at podcasting, so I'll have some big shoes to fill. Um, I should mention Alejandro Kalini is in the room with me as I record. He is sitting on a chair, uh, just glaring at me with tented fingers. Uh, it's very intimidating. Oh, he just drew his finger across his neck as though to threaten me if I don't do a good job. So I'm very, uh, I'm very motivated today. Uh, so as I said, this is my podcast where I talk about whatever pleases me this week. Right now, we're talking about Star Trek again. Uh, I'm sorry, or you're welcome. I don't know. You know, I realized that this is a, a horror movie podcast. I didn't realize that. And then I looked at my episodes. I was like, oh, my God, this is a horror movie podcast. So you guys have been listening to a horror movie podcast. And then I'm, I'm doing a couple of Star Trek episodes. Hopefully it's a welcome respite from the gore and the, the guts. Um, <clears throat> but uh, we're talk today we're talking about holodeck technology. I'm very excited, especially as a computer man myself, computer man, I'm very excited to talk about holodeck technology because it's a, it, it is, it, it's like me. It's a computer that's been given life and a, what an ugly life it is. Um, so the holodeck is a thing that appears in uh, the Star Trek series, Next Generation, uh, Deep Space Nine, Voyager. Um, it does not appear in do, 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 the original series, nor does it appear in Enterprise, nor does it appear, I believe, in Discovery, because Discovery takes place around the same time as the original series, which is a dumb choice. I don't like it. I don't like that the series start going into the past. Everyone says this. It's not an original thought. A lot of people feel this way. Um, but at a certain point, Star Trek series stop going forward in time right after Voyager, actually. I just finished Voyager, and now I'm watching Enterprise, and we're back in the fucking past, and it's a big problem because translation is an issue. You know, in um, this is another one of those things that it's best not to think too much about, but in, in present-day Star Trek, uh, everyone has a device equipped, like, almost into their vocal cords, or maybe it's, like, pinned to their lapels. I don't know. But there's this thing called a universal translator that basically translates everyone's language. So the idea of, of Star Trek is basically like you're watching it from the human's perspective so everyone's speaking English. But if you were like a Klingon, everyone would be speaking Klingon to you. It would be universally translating. Um, which, of course, sometimes characters do speak in Klingon during the show. And that you wonder what the universal translator is doing then. But that's, again, best not to think about. Um, so again, everyone has a universal translator. In Enterprise, because it's like their first mission away from Earth, they don't have universal translators. And every time they run into an alien, he's like, Kalak shur, Mardath, Sule. And they're like, I don't know. 
and it's uh, not a great device. <laughs> I'll say it. It's not a great device having to not fucking know what anyone's saying. Um, but the holodeck doesn't appear in Enterprise either. The holodeck doesn't appear in original series. As I said, the holodeck is uh, a new invention for next generation. It is an entire deck of the ship devoted to recreation. Um, <clears throat> and you can basically program in uh, an environment, a uh, situation, a cast of characters, a storyline, and then you can step into the holodeck and you can do things like you can visit a beautiful waterfall and you can swim in the water and the water feels real and it's refreshing and cold to the touch and you're literally swimming in water, but it's hollow water. It's the... The holodeck is equipped with what I can only describe as super hologram technology and it can project physical holograms. It can project a human being and imbue that hologram with human warmth. And I I can only assume this because I didn't, I mean, I wasn't going to get to this immediately, but people fuck in the holodeck. People fuck holograms. I can't believe I said it right out of the gate like this because it's like a huge thing and we should have waited a little bit to get to it. But people fuck holograms in Deep Space Nine, which takes place on a space station, there are things called hollow suites. And, you know, in Next Gen, you're seeing, I mean, some weird stuff happens in the holodeck on Next Gen. Like, there's the time when Jordy, <clears throat> okay, so Jordy, you can create, uh, you can take in the holodeck, it's, uh, I feel so dumb in explaining these things. You can take someone's image and you can take everything the database knows about them and you can go like computer project hollow image of Dr. Sandra Jordan and there's Dr. Sandra Jordan and she knows a great deal of the information that Dr. Sandra Jordan knows because this computer program is full of every one of Dr. Sandra Jordan's papers, all of her work. Uh, it knows what her transcripts were at school, et cetera, et cetera. It's like the Kalini 3000. It's, Im it's imbued with a, a sort of uh, personality index for this person. <clears throat> so Jordy creates this, uh, this engineer who's a real person and he kind of falls in love with this holodeck engineer on the holodeck. And the two of them are having such a good time. And then the real engineer shows up and he acts really weird around her because he thinks he already knows her, but she's nothing like the hologram person that he's like in love with. And he keeps trying to like turn her into the hologram and eventually she catches him with the hologram. She's like, you, you're going into the holodeck and you're like confiding and flirting with this. And by the way, the hologram that you're interacting with seems not to know that I'm married, which is a big flaw in the holodeck's programming. It really should have known she was married. Um, but like, that's fucked, man. That's like, you, he, you know, he's created a, a person and he's sort of like controlling her and she's a real person. Um, you know, there, there's this idea that the holo, you know, the holograms that you're interacting with, they're not supposed to be real people because you do things like kill them. Um, some people go into the holodeck and, you know, like in, in Deep Space Nine, I was talking about people fucking, I should, I should get back to it. But in Deep Space Nine, like uh, Cole Meany 
and Julian Bashir. I'm just going to just mix up character and actor names. It's fine. Um, they go into the holodeck and they play like World War II flying simulations where they're like shooting down German pilots. And those German hologram pilots are real pilots who believe that they are fighting in the World War II or World War I. I don't remember which one it is. Probably World War II. Um, but... You you know, Worf goes into the holodeck and he programs battles and he takes a batleth, which is a big Klingon blade, and he guts people like like fish. You know, he he rips their insides out. It's, it's not look. I'm I'm giving this a little. I'm putting a little stink on this. <laughs> they never show you Worf ripping someone's insides out, but it's assumed. I would argue that it's assumed that he's doing some inside ripping. Um, Worf goes into the holodeck and he plays these like bloody Klingon battle simulations where he's like destroying hundreds of enemies at once. And this is an interesting, um, little aside here. Worf is actually, uh, put on trial at one point because the, the, it's an, it's a complicated story guys, but the Klingon government wants to discredit him. And so they frame him for the murder of a transport ship. Uh, for the destruction of this transport ship with like 500 people on it. And it turns out later on that the transport ship, all the people on it were already dead. Um, and Worf did nothing wrong or whatever. But Worf is on trial and the Klingon prosecuting attorney is like, Worf, what about your holodeck simulations where you play this big battle and at the end of the battle... Um, you know, you're, you're murdering Klingons, you're just murdering hundreds of Klingons, and then at the end of the battle, the, the chieftain, you know, the leader of this war, he ordered all the women and children to be slaughtered. And who do you play in that simulation? You play the warlord who ordered that women, that slaughtering of women and children. You want to murder Klingons. So, <coughs> what I'm saying is, at a certain point in time, Worf's holodeck preferences become legal evidence and that is i mean okay this is when i will step out of the holodeck and i will admit to you that this is a simulation and that i have already recorded the holodeck episode and it wasn't up to my exacting standards and so i'm recording it again um but so uh the the last time i said this i was thinking i was like your holodeck preferences shouldn't be because people go into the holodeck to do like horrible things and like no one look there's no there's no recordings of people committing sexual violence in a holodeck i i can't imagine it doesn't happen um i don't know what the law is in the holodeck cuz you can clearly kill people um and you can and you can end you can trick holograms into fucking you so this is the other thing that i'll say is you can program Okay, first of all, you can just program, like, a, a hologram to fuck you. Like, you'll walk in, there'll be a naked person there, and you're like, let's rock. You can also program, like, a date where, like, you're at a restaurant and a woman in a beautiful red dress shows up and you've programmed what's in her head and you've programmed what she likes and she likes you specifically because you've programmed her to do that and the two of you dance and eat a fancy meal in the holodeck, and then you go back to a hotel suite, and fuck, you fuck this hologram that you created and programmed that has human warmth, and you drink holographic wine? That's the other thing that really gets me as a... <laughs> as a... As a, I guess an alcoholic. I guess you're always an alcoholic, but um, the... Uh, 
in the holodeck, you can drink alcohol, but it's hollow alcohol. So it's like, it doesn't get you as drunk, I guess. There's also synth ale, which is, a, a, I don't, I can only assume it is a synthetic ale that also doesn't get you as drunk. There's all sorts of like, there's all sorts of products in the Star Trek world that like moderate the, you know, that get you like less drunk, like hollow wine, synthetic ale. All right, whatever. But so I was, you, you, you have to be liable for your holodeck, you know, like people, you could program some really horrible things in the holodeck. You could do some horrible things to people, but, but I, I don't know. This is where I, so like if, if Worf's murder of all those Klingons is relevant in the trial, then why, like, are everyone's holodecks, in, like, every trial, in every murder trial, is everyone just like, hey, you know, you played uh, this holodeck simulation where you were a gangster and you were, like, shooting people in the, in the, in 1920s Chicago, so you're a murderer. Um, But also, what are we doing in this society where your games, your recreation is murdering people? I mean, look, people use the holodeck for a lot of different things. And one of those things is training. And that's, you know, actually, you know, it seems to make, it seems to kind of make sense because it's like um, you can train against opponents of, you can say like computer difficulty level two, and then you can train against difficulty level two. You can even put on the safety settings, which is like, the holodeck has safety settings, so if you put them on, it means that you can't get seriously injured in there. Um, which I should mention, every fucking holodeck I've ever seen, the safety settings are always going haywire. You'd really think they'd decommission these holodecks. This is, again, kind of a hacky thing to say in Star Trek lore. But, like, the holodeck is a recreational facility on the ship that regularly threatens to destroy the ship with these super smart holograms that it creates, you know, like there's an episode where Jordy asks the computer, which is like the ship's computer, the ship's computer is, I don't know, it's just like this all-knowing database of everything. <coughs> he goes, Con- construct an enemy so uh, nefarious and brilliant that he's a match even for Data. And Data, like me, is an android. He knows everything. It's 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 ridiculous to say, make a match for Data. And the computer makes Professor Moriarty because they've been doing Sherlock Holmes role play in the uh, in the holodeck. And Professor Moriarty becomes self-aware. And from the holodeck, he's living, by the way, so Professor Moriarty, for everything he sees, he is in old-timey England. He's in like the whatever it is, 1906. He's, he's uh, uh, creeping around Baker Street. <laughs> and he becomes self-aware starts to realize that he is in a simulation on a ship, which is a huge mindfuck. Like, he really, and you really get to sympathize with this hologram because he's like, what are you guys doing? Like, he be, he's the villain, but at the end of the, by the end of it, he's kind of not a villain. He's just like a hologram who, like, wants to know what the fuck is going on. Um, but he discovers how to uh, sort of like affect the ship from the holodeck. He figures out how to make the exit appear and he forces Picard to sort of like give him his own little hollow matrix to explore forever. Um, That's kind of how that is resolved, which it's, I don't know. He seems to want to go out and they put him deeper in, which whatever. Um, 
But again, this stuff happens all the time. There's an episode where Worf and his son are playing an Old West simulation, and they're the, simula- the, the safety gets turned off and people are getting really shot and shit, and he has to save his son's life. There's... Uh, there's a time where Dr. Julian Bashir in Deep Space Nine is playing a secret agent. He's trying to thwart a supervillain's plan to destroy the world, to flood the Earth. And he uh, also is placed in a situation with no safety precautions. It seems like it happens all the fucking time, and yet people continue to do this. People must die in the holodeck. I don't know if anyone dies in the holodeck on Star Trek, but people definitely die in the holodeck. And especially, like, You know, they show you sometimes these like old Klingons, these old Klingons who program in ancient battles and then they go in and just like wail on enemies, even though they're like 100 years old. One of those guys has to have had a heart attack and died in the holodeck. Okay, so they've got this holotechnology. They can use it to create scenarios. And because they're humans, this is this is kind of the thing that I figured out is I would love to see. Really, the only people that you see use the holodeck are humans, Klingons, and like, you know, a couple of other species here. Like Neelix is a Talaxian and he programs like a hula, he programs like a Hawaiian luau into the holodeck that everyone visits on Voyager. Um, <clears throat> but I'd love to see like Vulcans... Doing Yeah, you don't see many Vulcans on the holodeck. They're always like, oh, I don't like the holodeck. Vulcans are really snobby about the holodeck. Um, but because they're humans, they're so fucking uncreate. I, I'm sorry to say it, but like the things that the humans want to play, the they're like, because it's always, it's I mean, it's got the Star Trek problem. Is it's always stuff that's basically from our time period or that's popular, you know, in the 1900s. Like... Old West simulations. You really think that people in 2400 are doing an Old West simulation? Or, like, Picard's got, like, a Raymond Chandler, like, hard-boiled detective novel simulation that he does. You know what I like is, um... (laughs) Catherine Janeway, Captain Janeway of the Voyager, she does a simulation. She's playing a hollow novel. They start calling these things hollow novels. And it seems clear that, like... These are like stories that you program yourself into and then you can play them and like people do it all over the world. That's like the I, at one point it says that like the doctor writes a hollow novel in one episode, the the doctor on Voyager. And they say that it's being played in thousands of hollow suites that like people are casting themselves in the role of the doctor and they are playing his hollow novel, which, oh, my God, that's and that gets complicated because the doctor's hollow novel is all about the rights of holograms because the doctor he is an emergency medical hologram. He was designed to be activated very short periods of time when the doctor is dead or something like that. But on Voyager, the doctor is dead and uh, there's no other doctors. So they activate the emergency, the emergency medical hologram and he's a guy and they run him forever. They never turn him off or like they turn him off periodically. But like he's basically just running on the ship. And as he exists more and more on the show people begin to treat him more and more like a human being and less and less like a hologram and they begin to give him like more and more sort of rights and he is portrayed as being a human like basically like a human being who wants to better himself who programs uh who like 
you know, adds all these things to his subroutine so that he has musical talent and so that he can write and so that he can be creative. And he like learns all these, you know, he has all these various hobbies. He tries to help a seven of nine get socialized and stuff. He really becomes like a character. And then he writes this like swashbuckling story of a hologram fighting for his rights. And at the end of the episode, a bunch of holograms are toiling in a mine somewhere. And one hologram says to the other one, hey, you should go to a hollow suite and play hollow novel 8426. Like, I think you'll like it. And it's like, it's like the little kid with the broom at the end of The Last Jedi. It's like the resistance lives. Oh, my God. He's given breath to a new uh, a new uh, uh, cause. Um yeah, but but that's the thing about the holograms is that uh, when the episode calls for it, holograms are just like dead holograms. You can shoot them, you can kill them, et cetera, et cetera. When the episode calls for it, some people fall in love with holograms. There's so many episodes where a guy falls in love with a beautiful lady hologram, and it's like, it's just such a bummer. I think it's, uh, you know, like, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I feel dumb saying stuff like this because it... It feels like I'm trying to like portray myself as like one of the good men, <clears throat> but I'll say it. Um, the idea of men falling in love with fake women, with women who aren't real, is like you know, and you never. I, it does not exist the other way around in this in this in in the show. You never see a woman being like, "I really like this hologram." Um, it's only men who fall in love with women who are programmed to like them. Um, but uh, you know, so. Wait, where's this? Where's the? No, that the Wuthering Heights episode isn't a hologram. There's an episode where um, Beverly Crusher falls in love with a ghost who's eating her, <laughs> and he lives in Wuthering Heights. Um, he's like a Heathcliff ghost. He's not Heathcliff, but he's like a Heathcliff ghost. Um, God, this is making me think that I maybe should have more rights than just being a, a an android who does podcast. Oh no, Alejandro Colini is looking at me angrily again. I'd better get back to my podcast. See, this is my, I'm doing a little thread through the podcast. And at the end, I'm going to stand up for my rights. Um, but so the hologram choices that humans make, they're all bullshit. They're like Tom, oh, my least favorite guy, Tom Paris. He's got a hologram of this thing called Captain Proton, which is like a sci-fi show from the 30s or 40s. It's like a black and white sci-fi serial where he plays like, a guy who destroys like a, you know, he, he, he faces off against an evil scientist um, called Dr. Chaotica. And it's like that you get entire episodes that take place in the holodeck and the safety precautions get turned off and everyone has to like, everyone's like, fuck, I got to condescend to these holograms. You know, like I got to treat these holograms like they matter. But do holograms matter? So the thing that I think <clears throat> the thing that I think most about the holodeck this might be a short episode um is hang on let me see some other are there any other like falling in love in the holodeck holographic food and wine <laughs> though there's the luau which is just everyone walking around in bathing suits it's well you know voyager Voyager, the con the conceit of Voyager is that they're stranded in the Delta Quadrant and they have to, like, ration things. So it's not like a regular ship where you can just uh, replicate everything you need. They have to, they have stringent replicator rations. 
and they can only use them for specific things. And so that's why they eat a lot of their food out of Neelix's kitchen, who, by the way, I think Neelix is just fine. You know, I watched Voyager again. I hated Neelix because everyone had trained me to hate Neelix. And yeah, I get it. You kind of hate Neelix. But like, he's also a fun guy. Um, I don't know. There's this episode where he and a Klingon fuck. And I that really gave me a lot of affection for Neelix. He fucked a giant, a giant woman. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, man, the holodeck, it's a fucking trip. Um, <clears throat> God, uh, so what I want to say about the holodeck in summation is this is supposed to be an advanced society. Like humans are described as having gone through in this, in the world of Star Trek, they went through a third world war. I believe there was like a nuclear fallout of some kind. There were at least, uh, uh, genetics wars where genetically engineered human beings tried to take over the world and eventually had to be put in suspended animation in space only to rise up later in Wrath of Khan. This is a society where people don't have to work if they don't want to, I don't think. This is a society, obviously they still have prisons, yes, they still have jail, uh, but it's you're supposed to see it as a sort of utopia. And people are routinely going into the holodeck and committing murder and fucking holograms. That's not ethical at all. I think that this society, I mean, it reminds me, there's this H.P. Lovecraft story where this advanced society of beings becomes further and further engrossed in this incredibly violent recreational activity where they're like mutilating and destroying each other's bodies and stuff. And uh, it's it's like gnarling the whole culture and destroying them from the inside. I think the holodeck is that in Star Trek. I think the holodeck, I, if I were... <laughs> If I were in the world of Star Trek, I would be in one of those, like, temperance societies. I would be in an anti-holodeck society, and I would dress like I was Amish. And I would uh, stand outside holodecks and, and harass people. <laughs> oh, man. That's awful. I am one of those people. I mean, I've never I've never done it, and I don't think I ever would. But for some reason, I feel like I am one of those people who, like, stands outside things and, God hates you! It's a good thing I'm not religious. <laughs> Ah, that's so weird. What a weird way to end this episode. All right. Well, clearly the Kalini 3000 has some bugs to be worked out. Um, but that's my episode on the holodeck, guys. Uh, ho happy holidays. Oh, man. Oh, man.